Hello, everyone, and welcome to Board Games with the Danny Cast. I'm Will Colton. And I'm Lexi Colton. And uh, we're here to talk about dexterity games today. Yep. So sorry we had a hiatus. Will was a little bit sick with the flu for the last week. Get your flu shots. Get your flu shots. (laughs) Important message. Uh, So, yeah, so we've played two dexterity games recently that we're going to talk about. The first one is uh, Villa Paletti. Um, As I like to say... Via Palazzo. Via Palazzo. <laughs> I don't is know why thing. I can't get that right. Or Villa Paletti. Something. I don't no. know. No. <laughs> that, that one. Doesn't work. That doesn't work. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, so Villa Paletti Jenga. is the only uh, dexterity game ever to win the Spiel de Jars. Really? And, um, yeah, and so won the Spiel de Jars 2008 ish. I don't remember exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 2010. Good try. Um, so, and basically. Uh, the way Villa Paletti works is very similar to Jenga. It's a building the tower up, the person who fails to build loses. Um, except for unlike Jenga, there's actually a winner. Um, and there's well, a little every, bit... Everybody and, wins in Jenga. Everybody. Except the one who pulled the piece. Right. Well, uh, <laughs> there's a single winner. Uh, and also unlike Jenga, I think there's a lot more strategy. It's a lot mm-hmm. more strategy and... The dexterity is important, but I think the strategy is more important. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way the game works, there is... Um, there are a bunch of pillars, and then there's a, a wooden platform that sits on top of the pillars. Uh, and basically, you're moving. You have pillars that are of your specific color, and you're trying to move those up on top of the platform. And if somebody f- cannot move any more of theirs up, they put another platform on top of those pillars. Uh, and so it continues to move up this way until you run out of platforms. And then you build um, on top of the pillars. And then you can even put pillars on top of just other pillars. Um, and basically, whoever has the highest pillars, the most pillars in the highest level, uh, is winning. But if they are the one who knocks it down, then the sec- the most recent person who had it before they did wins. And they have a little token that tracks that. Um, so it's a little more, it's more, much more strategic than Jenga. It's interesting because where you place your pillars matters, which pillars you pick up first matters. Yeah. Um, where do you a, put the next platform matters. If you are the person who places the platform, there's certainly a lot of strategy about where you put the platform. Um, I think it's interesting. I think it's... Uh, I enjoyed it, but... Uh, yeah, so do we... Yeah, let's get, let's talk about this game first, and then we'll go to the next yeah, game yeah, after yeah. we've done a little review of this. Yeah. Um, I really like this. I think this is my favorite dexterity game I have ever played. Wow. Oh, that's a surprise. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I, I, I enjoyed it immensely. I have always enjoyed Jenga, you know, and I thought that the like the Jenga. the balancing aspect, the the that part of like holding, keeping it, making sure it's steady, is fun and tense. And I think that part it adds a little bit to the game. But really, I think the strategy of this game was actually really fun. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I like the game a lot too. I I suggested it the most recent time we played it. In mm-hmm. probably the second most recent time. So, also fun fact, both of the dexterity games we're reviewing today were purchased at a thrift store. <laughs> oh, yeah, bonus. Good place for... Thr- for uh, board games. For savers. Board- savers. Good place for board games. But also good place I- for dexterity games, apparently. I was really excited because I recognized this game when I saw it because last year at Lobster Trap, people were playing it. And it kind of looks like a, I don't know, like a Gaudi version of... Jenga is how I would describe it, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Very abstract-looking tower-building game. But anyway, so I enjoyed this game, and I won the first time, but we only played two-player. So, <laughs> you know, not much challenge there against Will. What? <laughs> I'm just oh, there's tons of challenge. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
But I thought it was a little more interesting with four people, except I felt like your dad totally got starved out. Yeah, so the interesting part of this game is that you get... it. The one We had a player who got to a point where they clearly could not move any of their pieces. For the no, rest of the game. For the rest... and we He, ch- he we held ch- three different platforms. We chose to allow him to pass, basically, and to let the other three people determine the result of the game. Um... Yeah, but he is essentially that legal technically. I think that in the game, it's the rules are actually unclear on this. It's implied that players can pass, kind of, uh, but then it, it it doesn't seem in the spirit of the game for players to pass because obviously they would want to. Yeah. Because otherwise, otherwise, obviously the person who knocks it down loses. So it's kind of like. Yeah, it, it, like yeah, it's, it's like saying, "Oh, I don't want to." I don't want to try that piece in Jenga. <laughs> right. I think I think by passing you surrender. Like you automatically cannot win. Yeah, I think your that, dad couldn't have won. That that's either. I think that's implied. So so as long as you play by that rule, I think it's fine for somebody to pass so that you can try to build the tower as tall as possible, which was fun. We kept taking pictures the last few moves because it was like the tower is gonna fall anymore. Yeah, moment. we we got up to the point where we had three cylinders on top of each other above all the other platforms of the of the game, and then somebody went to put the fourth one on, right? And the right. whole thing tumbled. Right. But it was it was probably like almost three feet high. Yeah. It was very tall. It was it was impressive. We'll send pictures if you want them. <laughs> yes. Uh yeah, no, it it, it was yeah, and it, it's a good looking game. It looks awesome when it's when it's up there. Yeah, it's, it's good for pictures. Yeah. My my favorite part of the game is that, you know, in Jenga, when all the pieces fall, you go, Jenga Well you have to shout, Via Paletti <laughs> <laughs> Nobody follows that rule. <laughs> But it's in there, I swear. <laughs> it's in there. It's in the rule book, according to Lexi. <laughs> rule book as interpreted by Lexi. That's right. Uh, it's like the y- Bible. <laughs> you should hear that next. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was really fun. So now you want to talk about uh, the, ne- the other game we played? Sure. So the other game we found at the thrift store this weekend is called Hula Hippos. Apparently it was originally called um, Mouse... Mouse... Oh, gosh. Mouse in House. Mouse... Mouse in House? I think it's Mouse in House. Okay. You're trying to get the mice into the little ring. Okay, yeah, you're trying to get them into a hole. Anyway, so um, we've read reviews on this game by people we know, and one of the reviews was that it's ridiculous to be flicking hippos into a hula hoop, which we agree with, and so that's why they originally had mice, and they were flicking them into the hole. So what you do is you have this ring. It's literally just a ring, and you spin it, and you try to flick your pieces into the ring before it falls. So it's way more difficult than it sounds it's really hard and obviously you can flick other people's hippos and mice or whatever out of the way um so yeah i don't know what's your impression of this game um okay so this game actually despite the fact that it's it's in an instant it's essentially three completely different phases okay so the first phase is the ring is just completely spinning and really you're just trying to put a put a hippo in a random spot and hope the ring happens to fall on it yeah you have six different hippos you have six hippos to hit yeah so this is the what i consider the pure luck phase Mm -hmm. we did not get a single hippo in the ring using this method Mm -mm. um definitely not uh so then I realized then, then the I ring like... starts to wobble down, right? It's about to fall down. It's wobbling a lot. So then this is the the main game phase, I think. This right. is the This is uh, when you figured it out. This is when you fi- <laughs> figured it out, okay? And so basically the key was But um, it wobbles and there's barely any right. like amount there, above the table. Right. So it's well no no no. So so I think there's enough above the table. No. The problem is the problem I had was basically you would either 
flick the hippo, and it would go straight under the ring. Even if you had a great shot, <clears throat> it would either go straight under the ring, it would go into the ring, hit the ring, and then bounce out. And it would actually, because the ring is moving, the ring kind of, the movement of the ring kind of bounces things further than they it, normally would bounce. It's kind of a thick wooden ring, so it's it's got some heft to it. It's got, yes, yeah, so the weight of the ring kind of, like when it, the ring falls on the it's hippos like and stuff, winks. it'll yeah. shoot the hippos out basically. So it actually is even harder to get them into the ring than it originally sounds. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really difficult. Um, and then obviously, if you just if the ring is rolled the wrong way and you bounce off the front of it, you're just hosed. You just don't you have no chance of getting the hippo in the ring. But then the third phase is when it's low enough, it'll hit a hippo and it'll stop. And so we actually got a couple, at least a couple of the hippos ended the ring ended it that way where where the hippo where the I, ring would hit the hippo funny and it would stop on the either on the hippo or it would stop and all the hippos would be out of it and it would just be unfortunate i i think it's significant luck so my my i won by the way so here's my my winner's take on this so what i did was shoot as many hippos as i can while the ring is slowing down right mm-hmm. and get them anywhere towards the ring and that seemed to work. <laughs> Honestly, not much. I don't know. There wasn't a ton of strategy there. Obviously, once you figured out that you couldn't just shoot the hippos at the fully upright spinning ring, right. then yeah, the strategy was go for the ring while it's falling down and shoot as many hippies, hippos as you can into I, the spot. I agree. So, the, the, But the interesting thing is, really, it's very easy for the hippos to hit each other right. and knock each other out of the ring, even if you happen to get one that stayed in there. Frequent, several times we had a hippo in there that was then knocked out by somebody else or even your own hippo. And I'd also, one other thing that I think that makes this slightly more strategic than it sounds is the fact that once your hippo gets in the ring, you remove that hippo from the game. So then you have less hippos to shoot into the ring. So it kind of made this, it kind of makes this catch up factor a little bit. Don't you think? Because I had more hippos to randomly shoot. Will was winning. He had three and I had one. And you need four hippos in the center to win. And I started, you know, randomly shooting them. And I feel like I caught up to you. And you then did. overtook you. Caught up with the vis- vengeance. You even won the game, even though I only had one left to gain- get in. Yeah, but I think it's harder with less hippos to randomly shoot towards the middle. Right. So there is a little... It implies there's even more luck, right? Because mm-hmm. the more, the merrier. Right? I don't know. Uh, I definitely enjoyed this game. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fun. It's very, it's very silly. It's a little bit... It's... It's even harder than it sounds. Yeah, it's really difficult. It, it's really difficult, and honestly, it's just a little bit... It's on the edge of frustrating, yeah. <laughs> I think. No. It's because it's yeah. not quite... Because it's really kind of harder to control than you hope, and I don't know. So I I wish it was... I feel like maybe playing it a little bit more, I'd get a little bit better, and then it would get... It would, it's just going to get more fun the more I play it. I yeah. think that's going to be the case. Yeah, it was fun. I would play it again, but I don't think I'd play it twice in a row. No? It's mm. so quick. I don't know. It was sorry. That squeaking in the background is our dog squeaking on a squeaking ball. That's Danny. I'm gonna the close name the of the Danny cast. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was a fun, entertaining game. I think it would be great with little kids because there's not many rules. You know, they're just as good at it as you are, if not better, right? <laughs> um, I I feel like it's the same thing with Via Paletti. Um, do you agree? Uh, yeah. No, I think I yeah I think kids I would think totally kids get would that. be great at both of them. Here comes so. the dog. Oh, there's Doodle. She said, "Why did you leave us out?" Here's Danny, the name of the Danny cast. Here she is. Anyway, um... She liked this game. She ate a hippo. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. I was going to say, the Danny score for this game was a 10. Danny was very quiet watching us flick these hippos and shout at each other. And then when they fell on the floor, she would promptly steal one of them and run (laughs) off. So... 
thoroughly enjoyed this game. Um, Via Paletti, I don't remember if she enjoyed that at all. I think we were rather quiet during that game, so she was a little suspicious of us. <laughs> she tends to bark when we're too quiet. Do you, do you think so? Yes. And there's too much shouting, too. She just barks a lot. <laughs> uh, what do you yeah. think the Danny score was for Via Paletti? I think it was a 7. I think that we were rowdy enough that she was entertained, that we she was happy we were there. Also, we played Via Paletti with my family, who were all willing to scratch her, so I think she was enjoying that as well. Probably. <laughs> so what's your favorite dexterity game? Um, I think that Via Paletti is my favorite dexterity okay. game. I think that, you know, I mean, of only, so of like the classics, Jenga, you gotta love Jenga. Um, and then uh, there's Twister. I don't know, like literally. Is that a dexterity game? Yeah, I Twister's definitely dexterity. I love Twister. We have Twister, we have Jenga. That was on the table. I don't think we even really own any other dexterity games. Games like Crokinole or like the big classics like that or, um, or shuffleboard games like that. I do adore shuffleboard. Maybe that well, might that might take the cake. Would you consider Jungle Speed a dexterity game? Um, it's a speed game. So no. I don't think it's dexterity. No. no. Okay. No. Okay. Um, what about that? What about Carabunga or what, what's the game with the cows? That I'm not cows. Cars. Oh, that car, Joe has. Car, oh yeah, car, Carabanda. Carabon- pitch car. Yeah, pitch car. That one. Yeah. Uh, that was fun. That one was really good. Um. Oh, what's that? no? We do own another one. We own the one. Sorry, sorry, sliders. Oh, sorry, sliders. Also really good. That's very fun. I liked pitch car better. I think I like. Uh, actually, you know, now that you've brought all these up, I do like those <laughs> flicking games. And via Via Paletti, in terms of dexterity games that are just kind of odd dexterity games, right? There's kind of flicking. There's flicking games, and then there's kind of every other dexterity game, and they all fall into their own category. Definitely Via Paletti is by far better than Jenga. It's very interesting. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, Pitch Car is kind of experience more than a game. I, I don't I like know. It. I I imagine that I would love Crokinole. I do love Shuffleboard. If you consider Me that too. a board game, I definitely, that's my favorite, hands down. That's not a board game. Um, I guess there is a board. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of any other but anyway, so, games at the moment. Yeah, so what is your favorite? Oh, well, I thought Jungle Speed might be considered Oh, that was going to be your favorite. <laughs> I guess it's really not. I, I like, um, uh, what's the one where you have to take the things out of the the body. <laughs> oh, Operation? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I used to love that game as a child. But no, now that you put Twister on the board, that is definitely my favorite dexterity game. That's your favorite? I don't think I've ever played that with you. Probably not. You're too big. I'm too big? Me. Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, that sounds like a later thing. <laughs> yeah. Alright, well I think that's our uh, that's our dexterity roundup. Yeah. So if you have any other requests, send them in. We're, uh, we're listening. Oh, we should address one of the emails we got. So in our first podcast, um, we, we spoke about one of our friends who played, um, uh, help me out here, the one with the germs. Uh, pandemic. Pandemic with us. Um, and what was his comment? Do you want to read it to us? Oh, or would yeah, you like so to read it? Yeah, so he said that, um, so he was specifically, one of one person we specifically mentioned as possibly somebody I was alpha gamering or something. He said he thought he didn't. He didn't feel alpha gamer, and he thinks it's all right when you have a turn and someone makes a suggestion in a co-op game. Having six other eyes on a problem will sometimes reveal something you didn't notice. The alpha gamer problem is only a problem when the group feels bullied into following their suggestions. If my character decided he wants to retire to Miami on turn four and hope the entire entire problem blew over, we would probably have looked at me disapprovingly, but would have let my move stand. (laughs) I never felt like I had to follow someone's suggestion. So that's very nice of this reader to, uh, this listener to, uh, to say that. Um, yes, I agree. I think that, uh, 
as long as you're not bullying the person, uh, hopefully they feel like you've just you're you're just helping them out. Obviously, right. if somebody does feel like they're being bullied, if they're being forced into a move, that is distinctly alpha gamering, and you really want to avoid that. And, and I think this is especially true in games like Dungeons and Dragons or any live action or not live action, just role playing games in general, where you know you you really can bully someone into taking your opinion, and they're supposed to be really in character and. You know, would only do what they think they should do, but I feel like we've tried to not do, not bully anyone into their moves, even when they're calculating their next turn on a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> that marks the uh, end of the Danny cast. Please send in uh, more feedback uh, or more uh, or messages or questions or whatever. We'd uh, we'd love to get more of that. Definitely. Uh, so this is. Uh, this is Will. And Lexi. And this has been the Danicast.